0: Are you ready for some nosy bitches?
1: Cuz this is about to get explicit. Hey bitches.
0: Hey friends. How are you, Michael?
1: I'm doing well. How are you, Carla?
0: I'm good. I feel like I've missed you so much because you've been gone.
1: I had to travel for my day job and I missed my friend. We <laughs> had we had a fun time. It was good. I got to go up to DC. All of that was joy and join us and I'm glad to not be in D.C. anymore.
0: (laughs) I had huge FOMO. So anybody that doesn't know what FOMO Mm -hmm. is, it's fear of missing out. I probably text Michael about 82 times while he was out of town in subsequent weekend.
1: (laughs) To to be fair, some of that was for the (laughs) podcast because... I'm an idiot and didn't get this successfully uploaded the last episode until I was in D.C. And then my internet and hotels did not work at all. Like it was literally going one percentage point every two, three minutes. I was losing my mind. But we got there. Well, so- welcome.
0: Yeah, welcome to my backwoods <laughs> internet service that I have to use to upload our stuff. So, you know, again, like it's a learning process.
1: We thought for this episode, for our listeners, might be a good time for you to get to learn a little bit about us we have some questions that we're going to ask each other that we have not taken time to form up real answers and we are <laughs> literally sitting here sipping wine and margaritas as we answer them that's yes. the sound you hear right there and going to answer some of these questions are you ready to dive in i like it do okay. it okay um i'm nervous i feel like i'm prepping for an interview <laughs> no. we'll, we'll dive into these we got nine questions apiece. But the first one, Carla, for you is, why did you do this podcast? What got you interested in doing it? I've been obsessed with true crime since I was little.
0: I think it probably started out, I read an Anne Rule book, um, The Stranger Beside Me. So for those of you that know that book, it is essentially like her telling the story of how she worked with Ted Bundy. And Ted Bundy ended up being arrested in the city that we live in. So I think also what really intrigued me was not the story so much of Ted Bundy, but how he manipulated people and the sheer just played on people's niceness. Anytime I hear a story, I put myself into it. Also, my real dad was a con man and a very good con man. I think I've always been intrigued by this, like the story of how things like this happen. And maybe that's my own way of saying, like, I don't want this to happen to me. And if I learn enough about it, it's not going to happen to me. But since then, I've kind of been obsessed about true crime. I love to listen to it. And then, of course, like the pop culture cases of it, like they're just so fun to talk about. Also, I just think that everybody wants to hear about like how I feel (laughs) about it. Which I know may or, may or may not be true. I
1: appreciate your unsolicited <laughs> feedback, Carla. But I definitely
0: <laughs> want to tell everybody what I think and I'm a very opinionated person and I get along with people generally as long as they agree that I'm right and they're wrong. In this situation, I don't have to listen to anybody else disagree with me because I kind of own the narrative and – I try to bring some humanity to like the stories that we tell because actually I have had a family member who was murdered but I have had family members too who have had accidents and stuff and I think that you really do have to treat those situations with some humanity and respect. I want to do both things. Talk about all of the stories so that you can learn from them and, and I can learn from them but also give them humanity that these people went through this thing. So that's why I'm doing this.
1: Michael, why are you doing it? Number one, that was a really good answer. And I
0: off the cuff. hate
1: having to follow it up. It makes me angry. <laughs> but in kind of a joyous um, having had a little bit of margaritas kind of way. I think some of it jibes with what you said. I really like human stories. All the things that I find interesting in the world are things that give people insight into this really complex thing that we call the human condition. I just find that fascinating. We're all in this crazy life together. And I think looking into pop culture and true crime gives you such an interesting glimpse into the world at large and the things that fascinate us. We are fascinated by drama. We are fascinated by things that completely blow up. And I think that's partially because all of us are are waiting for the other shoe to drop and, and so when we do see it drop in some sort of fantastic way out in the world, it's this it's some level of affirmation for us, but it's also living other people's stories that maybe in some cases we're happy not to live, but in other cases, you know, that maybe we wish we could. We're, we're living vicariously through their experiences. So I think that's part of it. I also grew up my stepdad, who I grew up with from ages like four to until I moved out at 18 was a deputy coroner in my super small hometown. While there wasn't a lot of crime, like occasionally there would be something just outlandish. Like I remember one guy seeing pictures of him when I was a kid of and he'd been attacked by a hammer and I just was like, what could possibly possess someone to do that? And I've been obsessed with that question. And the answers are myriad. I don't want to be those people, but I do find their experiences a little bit fascinating. And I think the last part is just wanting to tell the people that lived through it and had to grow from those experiences, telling their stories is really important to me too, because the best people I know in life have been through some shit. Like, these are the kinds of experiences that turn you into the kind of person that I want to spend some time with. You guys,
0: while I love to listen to my own voice, my favorite thing to do is to listen to Michael talk about no. all the things. No. No, I totally do. Michael has such a way to bring humanity to it. Michael, you did phenomenal job with that answer. So, Michael, give us... Three words to describe yourself.
1: I take it back. You have to answer this one first. <laughs> introverted. for I play an excellent extrovert on TV, and especially for my day job, it is kind of demanded of me that I be this more outgoing person. I have very extroverted friends whom I love for pulling me out of my little hermit hole that you I like to live in. You text him 82 times a day. <laughs> and if you didn't, I would have no friends. <laughs> so it's good for me. It's good for me. Uh, And I just know about myself that I need that time to be introspective and to recharge. I think a lot about a lot of things and I enjoy that. I like my head and... Um, So introverted is definitely a word I would use to describe myself. Adventurous is another word. A big tenant of Thomas's and my relationship together is living a bunch of adventures that we wanted to when we were younger, like going to all these different countries. There's so much of the world outside of where you grew up, and it's really important to go explore those things. And the more I've explored those things in life, the more that is rung true with me and that there is value to seeing how other people live, understanding how they think, and being forced to see that it is just as valid as the way that you live. So, adventure is super important to me. Oh, what's the third one? I don't know that it describes me necessarily, but a word that just came to mind. Thomas and I talk about this a a lot. I am a seeker of beautiful things. I like good conversation. I like good wine and good food. I like good music. I like good cinema. Just the stuff of life that that makes you pause and go, ooh, ah, like I love those things and it doesn't take much to inspire awe in me. And I like that about myself. I like that I'm impressed by things easily because that generally makes for a little bit of a happier life. I was thinking while you were talking, you're very thoughtful.
0: You're also, I don't know that it's one word, but you're a very active listener. I think everything that you use, especially adventurous because... I don't know if I would ever use that word to describe myself because no, oh. <laughs> no, I want to have adventures where they're highly controlled environments. <laughs> yes. So like, like I, a project pilot. Yeah. Is yeah like what I want, want to go <laughs> scuba diving in a net, in a space in the ocean that has been netted off from all sharks and other things that can eat me. <laughs> I don't know why I think that people just want to come at me or animals want to eat me, but I'm constantly thinking about my own demise and like what plays into that. So you're definitely more the adventurer.
1: <laughs> we get one shot at this, and I don't like the idea of living in regret. And so the opposite of regret is adventure. I get to ask you the same question. Three words to describe you, Carla.
0: I was kind of cheating while you were talking. I was like, thinking. I saw you writing <laughs> <Yeah>. things down. It's <laughs> like... I'm just not good on the spot. Like, I'm not a good (laughs) quizzer. I do say all the time that I'm loyal. Like, I'm very much a Sagittarius. And so to that point, I'm almost loyal to a fault. But once we've connected, I will forever be attached to you, whether or not you want it. I feel that way, like, about my family. I feel that way about my friends. I don't let go of people very easily, good, bad, or otherwise. I think the other thing is, I do think I'm funny, I might be slightly sarcastic. So I think you could say like sarcastic, funny in the same regard. But I like to make really like humoristic jokes. I like to make over-exaggerations about it. People would probably just say I'm extra. Maybe you could say that. But because of my (laughs) It's the right
1: kind of extra. Yeah,
0: because of my exaggerations- I do think it comes off as funny. I'm also very sarcastic. The other thing that like fits in that is I'm a very passionate person. So whether that passion is that I love you a lot or I hate you a lot. But I am passionate in however that looks like. And it's probably also like plays into the fact that I'm
1: extra. So I would include about you too, Carla, like the word that I wrote down was an includer. Oh. Like... You are the person, it's not just, this happened with me too, because again, introvert, I don't make friends unless extroverts come claim me. That's how <laughs> that's how my friendships work. When I've watched you in the room with other people, you will make sure that the person that's standing over in the corner, you're at least going to try to start up a conversation with them and make sure that Someone has done that night. Now, if they choose not to take you up on it, no harm no foul. You've tried from then on because I've seen that happen too. But like, you're at least gonna try, and I, I appreciate I that went and marked you. them. That's right. I was like,
0: you shall be mine, <laughs> shiny object. Yes. You shall listen to me all night. And I'm gonna <laughs> tell you about all the things. Yes, yes. Okay, Michael. Tell me what your favorite thing right now that you are consuming. What are you listening
1: to? What are you? reading? What are you watching? I love podcasts. (laughs) That has to be my answer. But legit, I love My Favorite Murder. I love Morbid. I think they're great. Anything by Aaron Menke on the podcast realm is great. I think his Amazon series is great too. I like anything that is just a good conversation between people about interesting things in the world. As far as what I'm watching, we're doing The Rings of Power, The Lord of the Rings show. Not as good as the movies, but I know different directors, all of that. I don't even know if that's a fair comparison. That's pretty good. The Sandman I am obsessed with right now on Netflix. Have you watched any of this? No, I haven't. So it's based off of a Neil Gaiman comic from before he became a big prolific novel writer. And one of my favorite books of all time is American Gods by Neil Gaiman. I also like The Ocean at the End of the Lane. Like Great, great author. One of my favorites. And this is something that he did before he became a huge author. Thomas actually turned me on to it because he's a big comic book fan. But I just think that the acting is great. I think it's very fantastical. So that one's on my mind. I'm finding myself really attracted to law right now. I watch a lot of YouTube, far more than I watch TV. And Legal Bites is one of my favorite channels right now on YouTube. Go check out Alita. She's great. And kind of like we do, but just less of a true crime aspect, more of a, here is my I have a law degree perspective on things. I don't have a law degree. <clears throat> we don't. We're just nosy. I'm thinking Sam Smith's pretty rad right now. I'm obsessed with his track Diamonds. I think that's really great and a little bit of different vibe for him. A perpetual Britney fan. She's always somewhere on one of my playlists. I love me some Kelly too. I'm reading a book called The Anomaly, which is pretty interesting so far. It's kind of high literature science fiction, if I could put a genre to it that i'm enjoying
0: that's a lot like michael you are listening reading and watching a lot of things i'm very impressed actually
1: (laughs) this is because i i'm an introvert i don't like (laughs) interacting with other people what about you carla what are some things that you're consuming right now
0: I just watched the Dahmer series.
1: Oh, yeah. So
0: I think caveat in general, I don't like serial killer stuff. One is I don't like gore. I don't need to hear about like the blood and guts piece of it. But in general, I stay away from serial killer things. One is they just have so much fame anyway. Yes. People have asked me before, like, are we going to talk about serial killers? And I was like, "Eh, I don't know. I don't really want to because I don't want to give them any more fame than they already have. But I don't know, maybe... The thing that I heard about Dahmer was that they did a really good job of explaining his victims and because I'm just not that into, even though I I kind of started out with Ted Bundy and what he was doing, that really kind of stopped it. Dahmer was a whole new thing. I'm not into like cannibalism, but I heard that the show did a really good job of showcasing the victims and I won't give away spoilers but it does. I watched the whole series. There's no gore in it. Good. So it gets it gets you right there to so you know what is happening. They did a whole episode about one of the victims who was deaf. And I I loved that. They also really showcased how awful the police were in this situation. Also, there's probably no spoilers. I feel like most people probably know about Dahmer. It's not a a news story. But he really took advantage of the fact that he was gay. Yep. Even when the police were, like, coming through, he's like, oh, that's, you know, that's gay stuff. Because he felt like they were going to just immediately drop it and leave. He completely victimized people of color. And I didn't know that. It was really eye-opening watching that series. And I felt that I walked away with better understanding of his victims and, and their stories. That's what I've been obsessed about watching. Of course, you know, I love everything. Bravo. I'm obsessed with all the Real Housewives. <laughs> yes. So I will literally go from watching Dahmer to watching Real Housewives of Atlanta. But listening, I, I'm obsessed with all podcasts. So I listen to a ton of them. My favorites are... I'm crime junkie it's kind I of do very crime junkie yes. yeah it's you know it's scripted it's like straight to the point it tells a good story Ashley's
1: such a good narrator yeah too. She, we love you Ashley Flowers yeah
0: she's a great narrator um also one that I don't know that everyone loves mm. but I really love it I've followed them for a few years now is real crime profile there is an FBI agent someone that worked with the Scotland yeah. Yard I really just love their perspective as they're you know they're criminal behavior analyst i want to hear about what they're saying and talking about so i really like that one of the last books i read was by colleen hoover so totally not true crime i like some colleen hoover so that's what i'm reading
1: oh i like this one a lot carla what is some advice that you would give to the 25 year old version of you
0: you know this is hard because 25 year old carla had two small kids And I was early on in my day job. And so I do think that like a completely different place than I am now. Almost 40. (laughs) But like one thing I would tell her is just keep going. Like it's going to be okay. Because at that time, I probably didn't have a lot of money. (laughs) I was probably like pinching pennies together. Maybe even doing a little bit of robbing Peter to pay Paul. But I had two young kids and I didn't know how good it was going to get and there was a lot of decisions that I've made between 25 and and almost 40 now that were hard. I probably needed to say to myself like many times like just keep going because it's gonna be okay on the other side. I know that's so simple, but that's what I would say is you just need to keep going because, even though my 30s were probably my best years, there were some really amazing years that I needed to go through, even if they were hard. I, I went through a divorce, I married somebody else. My children grew up and, and they're great individuals. Yes, it really, they are. yeah, it really did. It was fine. That's what I would say.
1: Michael, what would you tell your 25 year old self? What advice would I give 25 year old Michael? I'm not trying to borrow your answer, <laughs> but I like it maybe for different reasons it would have been just keep going it gets better sort of thing yeah i had a rough teenagehood who of us didn't like i feel like that's just the story of life life can be painful and those are also the things that sort of shape you And I feel like a lot of my early 20s was still spent carrying the weight of all of those things, all those insecurities, all the fears about being little gay boy from small town Indiana that didn't fit in with any of that. And for me, at least at 25 I don't know that I saw much hope. I had been in a couple of relationships, none of them, you know, had lasted super long that was before I met Thomas and it's a hard time. You have this vision of where you're supposed to be at 25 and I had this vision that I was already supposed to be some like high-paid executive and that just that wasn't the way life was panning out. And now to look back at it more than 10 years later, I'm so happy with my life. I'm very content, I'm very satisfied. If I were to try to tell 25 year old me you're going to be with this super wonderful successful handsome man that loves you right back you guys are going to be building a life together you're going to be like starting up a farm growing things like all of this i would have laughed in your face i would never have believed that was going to be my outcome and it was but it's only because of persistence it's only like choosing to see something in your head and in your heart that you want to run after and just keep on running after it right and there were definitely lots of times that 25-year-old Michael wanted to stop, and I'm glad he didn't. So I would I would just encourage him, keep going, damn it. Keep going.
0: I love that. It's so funny. I always say that I would never want to be a teenager again. And I think that honestly, they say about kids, the days are short and the, lo- the nights are long. Mm. And it goes by so fast. So maybe I would pause for a few moments and just enjoy them being babies Outside of that,
1: yes, I'm good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to be 25 again.
1: That might be another piece of good advice, though, for any of our listeners that are around that age. Like, legit, just, like, pause yourself for a second. My tarot, I pulled that with one of our friends this morning, and mine was around, like, enjoying some of the fun and pausing to do things just for enjoyment. Let the purpose of that experience be pleasure. You said it
0: earlier, but how did you meet your partner your spouse your loved one
1: condensed version my day job was moving a bunch of people from one of our primary offices to a new secondary office that they were starting up and as part of that they were facilitating visits to that new campus to make sure that it's somewhere that you actually wanted to go and then for me I was moving from a really large city so really liberally minded a place where I felt very safe and free to be who I am and didn't feel um, at all threatened by that. And I was a little nervous about moving to a place that was smaller. And so I'm glad that work facilitated that. And as part of it, you had to partner up with someone that lived there and at least experienced both cities. And we're trying to kind of let you know It's not so scary. It's going to be fine. It was one of those, they were just trying to let you know a little bit about them, but it felt a little bit like a a work initiated match.com where it was like, (laughs) I like long long walks on the beach and I love my dog. (laughs) Even if you're describing it, I'm like thinking like how awkward. But, you know, was suggested that I meet up with my now fiance. By a friend who had worked for him back in the day at the same company. And I just remember he picked me up from my hotel. And this was something that he, by the way, did with all the people that he sponsored. That's what they called them with sponsors. Like you meet them, you check in with them before they go to work the next day, try to show them the lay of the land, suggest some things that they can go see in Pensacola. And so did that. And what was supposed to be like an hour and a half lunch ended up turning into an eight-hour date to the point where like finally at the end of it, he was like, I have to go, not because I'm not having a good time, but because I have to go feed my dog. (laughs) That's an acceptable answer. And the rest was kind of history. I knew the second that I stepped off that elevator and saw him that I was in big trouble, and I've been in big trouble ever since. So for you, how did you meet Chris, Carla?
0: So it's funny because... I actually met his sister first. We went out on a boating trip. And this is really funny. I said in my divorce that it was like, new year, new me. I'm in my 30s. I'm kind of own my new story. And I'm going to start doing things that I would generally say no to. So immediately, my friend calls me and she's like, hey, do you want to get on a boat? And I'm like, no.
1: Sure don't. (laughs) Sure don't. Mm
0: -mm. I said, that sounds like a good way to get... Raped in the middle of the ocean,
1: I was eaten by a shark,
0: yeah, I was like, no. And she's like, no, no, no. I know these guys. Like, they're my brother's friends. I have seen the film
1: Double Jeopardy. right. It's a hard
0: pass. I was like, no, I have zero. Then, like, it started to eat at me. So I decided to go on this boat. And one of the girls that showed up on the boat with us was Chris's sister. And her and I got along. We got along fabulous that day. We took pictures. We had drinks. It's like December, too, and we went fishing in Florida. You know, people think it's not cold in Florida, but I would like you to know that it was freezing cold. It does
1: get cold. Yeah,
0: the only thing that kept us warm were the shots that we took. (laughs) Um, But we caught fish. We had a great time. And I added her on Facebook. And maybe about a month or so later, I realized that her brother would tag her in pictures and I was like, oh, he's good looking. And a couple of my friends knew him. They decided to, oh, okay, I'm going to introduce you guys. So we decided to meet up on a Friday night and he never shows up and he never answers any messages. He completely ghosts. Now, knowing Chris today, I know why he ghosted us, but knowing, not knowing then, never showed up. We oh continue. What? <laughs> yeah. I ended up going home that night. And the next day, probably like around one o'clock, my friend calls me. And she's like hey he's actually coming over tonight we're gonna go to a house party she's like get dressed i'm like i wore the only like new outfit i had (laughs) last night and she's like just wear it again because he'll never know (laughs) so sure enough i do i wear the outfit i had wore the night before and i remember i was over to my friend's house and you were putting on makeup and stuff and i walk out and i'm like okay And she's like, "Did you put makeup on?" I'm like, "I have more makeup on than I got married to my first husband. (laughs) Like, he, I'm gonna wash my face, and he's never gonna recognize me again. So I'm not putting any more makeup on." But, you know, our friends then were very, very southern. But um, I meet Chris. He, I walk out into the kitchen, and he's there, and he's making us. We called it a Tang banger, and so it's,
1: it's. Is Tang like the orange drink? yeah it's p.s. i loved tang i can't
0: I'm just it was literally gray goose oh my god and tang i mean <laughs> no 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 not gray goose i'm sorry let me take it back it was kettle one and tang okay so i mean a little bit better but kettle one is still pretty good vodka it is to waste on tang i mean it's like a
1: screwdriver
0: <laughs> but it was we went, we had so much fun we went to a friend's house and we were hanging out and we actually started our conversation about mario kart and I was so bougie. I just, I drank mixed, I mean, clearly I wasn't too bougie that I wouldn't drink Tang with vodka. But no shame. I would I, try that drink. And honestly, like, that was it. That was it for us. We... We're super attracted to each other. We got along really well. We understood each other. We got each other's like weird flirting, maybe even too. And he wasn't very emotional and I'm not very emotional. It just all meshed. And honestly, that was it. And like eight years later. And so we've been together for eight years and married for three years.
1: Get it, Carla. That was it.
0: Tang banger.
1: (claps) Sold. I can't believe that you decided to meet up with him again after he ghosted the first time okay i'm impressed by this
0: so for the, everyone else my husband is a huge introvert and what happened is i love me somewhere. yeah he definitely was like oh yeah we're gonna meet up with you literally probably like sitting on his couch having zero intention of ever leaving his house and knew he was never leaving his house i got to know it probably took like a couple weeks of me getting to know him that i was like uh, were you at your house that whole night And he was like Definitely,
1: sure like, was, sure was.
0: I was definitely texting you guys like from my recliner, like, and the reason you guys never heard from me again because I went to sleep. <laughs> totally.
1: Next question, Carla. Tell us something that you live by.
0: Oh, at first, I was gonna be funny and like you know that whole thing like fuck around and find out. Yes, because like, yes, <laughs> I love to say that. I'm like, you know what? Fuck around and find out. Like, but you know what? Sometimes, like, really, I identify, and sometimes my personality is that. And not only in an aggressive way, but even when people doubt you, okay, keep doubting me. Keep doubting me and watch what I can do. While maybe people might take that negative, I do think that's something that Carla at almost 40 lives with. So yeah, fuck around and find out.
1: I think people underestimating me is one of my favorite things when it happens. 100%. okay. You want want to play that game? Cool. Let's do that. And it's, you're basically giving someone a free pass to like win (laughs) when when you underestimate them. Also,
0: I'm the pettiest person in the world. All you have to do (laughs) is make me think that I need to prove something to somebody. If somebody were like, oh, you can't run a mile in seven minutes. No, I cannot run a mile in seven minutes, but I want you to know that I'm going to figure out how to run. A mile in seven minutes. That's right.
1: I can't do it now. Yeah. But I'm going to figure out how to do and it. And if
0: that means that I have to cheat or do something – I'm just kidding. But I'm going to figure I'm, – what I'm going to do is probably figure out like a loophole. But I'm going to figure out how to prove you wrong and show you like what I'm really about. So, you know, I, I do think there's something to that saying that I, I love. I yeah. I say it all the time.
1: It does, it does fit you to a certain yeah. extent. It's fair. It does.
0: Michael, what about you? What are, Michael's going to give us an amazing answer. No, it's well, going to really, be like deep. It's going to make everyone's heart throb. I am anticipating <laughs> that you're
1: going to make fun of me for this one. So, but I have this quote and I literally put it on anything that like describes my philosophy of life and my professional philosophy. And it's this quote by Albert Einstein that is, try not to be a man of success, but instead to be a man of value. For me, I used to really chase after titles. I used to chase after money and some of these really materialistic versions of success. And the much happier, much smarter, much more mature version of me is a lot more these days about like, what can I pour into this? What perspective can I add? What questions can I ask to help? Like, God, this life is hard enough without people constantly jockeying for position. And I so don't want to be that guy. Like, I just want to be the guy that maybe I'm your afterthought and I'm completely fine with it, but am I the guy that added something to your night somehow? That feels so much more important to me than, you know, being a billionaire or having, you know, the envy of other people in the room. So the older I get, the more that I try to apply that and just be like, legit, what is going to make me happy in this moment? What's going to help other people have a good time in this moment? How can I be additive to this situation and... Whatever that looks like, that's what I want to run after.
0: So that is 100% you. I cannot make fun of it because I do think you're that person that values so much more what are you adding to somebody's life rather than like chasing a dollar or chasing something else. So I I think that's perfect for you. And I was right that you were going to have like something deep and profound. I did say earlier that like what if mine is like just like hoping and praying. <laughs> that's how I made it from 25 to 40.
1: <laughs> Okay, we have one more pre-canned question. Carlo. what is our last Yeah, and I came up with one that I'm going to ask you after this. Oh, shit. What did you want to grow up to be, Carlo, when you were a little kid?
0: So I wanted to be, first I wanted to be a country singer. And I literally, I have a book that like talks about each year you fill out, I wanted to be a country singer. I want you guys to know that I cannot sing whatsoever. So next, I wanted to be an actress. And actually, we've talked about this a lot. That had I known that short, curvy, whatever, women were going to be a thing (laughs) in 2022, that we were going to have like body positivity, that I would have continued to pursue an acting career. Of course, I had two kids, so maybe I couldn't have because I needed to pay bills. But I, I just love everything about acting. I did plays when I was little. I did musicals. I like the idea of being somebody else and pouring yourself into the emotions. Maybe too because I'm so passionate and I have so many feelings that it's easy for me to step into somebody like portraying feelings. And I would love to be a singer too. but And I love music. I loved everything about that piece of it. So maybe like the next thing for me was to be an actress because unfortunately I cannot carry a tune in a bucket.
1: You do have gravitas though. Like in your day job you often (laughs) have to be on stage as it were and like you do it really well i can so see that i would buy tickets to whatever show you're starring in carla
0: melissa mccarthy if you need a
1: backup i'm i'm here for you melissa you are fabulous absolutely
0: (laughs) absolutely i would love for somebody to be like to even think that i could be on that stage but like actresses in the 90s looked like jennifer aniston and courtney cox and that just didn't resemble what i grew up looking like. Yep. And so i don't think that, you know, i had that that positive model that was like you can do this these days to see so many models and so many actresses and things like that who look so different who look
1: like normal human
0: beings. Who look beings. like normal human <laughs> beings. Yeah. It's such an amazing thing, but i love that world. I think about it all the time. I'm like, man, did, did they but then i remember i'm 40. No, but that's the <laughs>
1: advice that 40-year-old you should give. 40-year-old you, Carla, like do it now. You ain't getting any younger. None of us are. So, so now I it. so now I pretend to be a podcaster. I think that all of the people listening to this show should bomb Carla with messages <laughs> to go be in some sort of stage production. <laughs> that's what do I it. think should happen.
0: Michael, I am dying to know this question. What did you want to do when you were little?
1: I wanted to be a marine biologist so bad so I grew up in middle America, like no water anywhere near us besides the crick that was in my backyard. And that's how we said it too, crick. If you're from Indiana, Ohio, or Illinois, you know what I'm talking about. Maybe Kentucky too. <laughs> the idea of like the ocean and there being things like dolphins and sharks and sea anemones and all of these other amazing, seemingly alien creatures teeming in them, that was just fascinating to me. I remember visiting my aunt and uncle. They lived in Annapolis, Maryland at the time. And we would go and visit them and we'd go like crabbing off the pier back oh, when that yeah. was legal. You'd just throw like the chicken scraps and the crabs would come up. I just, so many amazing creatures. And I thought for sure that was going to be my calling in life. And at the time, at that point in the 90s, too, do you remember that show SeaQuest? Oh, yeah. With the talking dolphin Darwin. Yep. So I was obsessed with that. It was like, I'm going to go talk to some dolphins. Like, a dolphin is going to be my best friend. And, of course, that never happened. But that's absolutely what I wanted to do. I had no idea how I was going to do it, how I was going to go from cornfields to ocean. But I was going to figure out how to do it.
0: But you did. I kind of did. You made it to the ocean. <laughs> I did. That is such a
1: cool job. It really I mean, you make— I could totally see you being a scientist. Scientists, yes. But so older Michael has learned about himself. I'm terrified of water. Like when I go snorkeling, really? even snorkeling when you're on the surface of it, I get completely overwhelmed. I can't do it. We tried doing that on like a Caribbean cruise that we were on. Completely freaked me out. They're like, yeah, dive down to this boat. And I'm like, I'm going to dive right into my bed. <laughs> safe, <laughs> safe in a floating vessel. That's what I'm going to do. That is
0: so funny. So <laughs> I am definitely not adventurous, but I'm okay in the water. But now I will say like, I got bad ears, so we're not diving anywhere. No, I could snorkel, but that's about it.
1: I will swim on the surface with some sort of flotation device nearby. That's how adventurous I get in the water.
0: <laughs> I never would have. Been, I just learned something so new. <laughs>
1: I'm <laughs> such a scaredy cat.
0: So, for the last question oh, that I wanted to say is, I wanted to tell us about like how we met. So we talked about like how yeah. we met our spouses, our partners, mm-hmm. but our fiance, but. How did we meet? Do you, Michael, do you remember how you met me?
1: So I know in generalities, Mm -hmm. I don't know that I remember the specific event, but I, I will share that we met through friends. Yep. Like we had been, before we became friends ourselves, we had been in each other's orbits for a while because of... Work. like work that we had done I think I probably actually met you if I'm guessing and you're about to set the record straight <laughs> like but if I'm guessing I, I'm guessing that I probably met you through work before we be, like met outside of work
0: so I think that's just it we kind of orbited around each other in in very yeah. similar groups at our work and we were assigned to something together. And so I remember like we sat down one afternoon and we ended up, I think it was supposed to be like an hour meeting and we ended up talking two hours. (laughs) It was such a long meeting. I felt so connected. I was like, oh my gosh, what a wonderful person. And then I met one of your friends, one of our mutual friends, and she introduced me to her friend group, which of course included Michael. And so that's kind of how Michael and I's friendship started.
1: I do remember and this was after we had already been in the same friend group, but I do remember the the time when I first connected with you. Oh. I can share that. And it was our first trip to our favorite lake. And I just remember there was one night when our other two friends had gone to bed and you and I stayed up a little bit longer mm-hmm. just out on the deck. And I just, I remember consciously having the thought of like, Of course we are friends in this collective, but I am friends with this individual person. We get each other on a certain level. I loved that house that we rented and where it was on the water. It just was a perfect setting, and so maybe that played into it too. But I remember that being the time where I was like, outside of the group, regardless if I knew you through these other two people, I would want to be friends with you. Yep.
0: I definitely think it's so funny because we are probably ying and yang like you're introverted i'm extroverted but like even you're light i'm dark no stop (laughs) it no i do think that while sometimes we are opposite we always connect on certain levels so i hope you guys enjoyed us really just gabbing about ourselves and trying to tell you guys a little bit more and part of that is we hope that you connect with us you know
1: as we're talking about things that you have a deeper understanding of who we are And in fact, if some of this did resonate with you or you related to any of it, we want to hear about it. So please check us out on the social media at Nosey Bees on Instagram and at nosy bees on facebook too although i think maybe slightly different things we'll put them in the show notes and of course as always this is like my spiel let's see if i can do it with margarita mix in my body um you can always hit us up via old school email that's nosybeesforlife at gmail.com that's n-o-s-e-y-b-e-e-s the number four l-i-f-e at gmail.com thanks for hanging out with us bitches
0: bye you guys bye
1: made it to the end of the podcast. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. And I know that we've given a lot of our unsolicited feedback, but at the end of the day, it's also important that we remember to stay kind, stay curious, but of course, stay nosy, bitches.